0: You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets. On the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Mets. Well, this weekend was the tale of walk offs for the San Francisco Giants as they walked off the Mets in three of the four games in that series. So today's show is going to be pretty cut and dry. We're going to recap all those games and all the themes that we saw play out over the weekend now before we get into any of that I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein if you want to find any of my work check me out on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan you can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMarizedonline.com, a great site for you to check out covering all things New York Mets all right so again very disappointing series against the Giants the Mets came in on a four-game winning streak, they were really hot at the time. Of course, the Giants were as well. And you were kind of starting to talk yourself into the Mets maybe getting back in the race. I think they were five games out of the wild card, which is still you know doable if you go on a sustained stretch of winning to really get back into it. And we're not quite at the trade deadline. It's not like the Mets are going to all of a sudden become buyers, but they were getting to the point where you know they might have put the brakes on selling. And so it was a very instructive series to see if the Mets could, you know, rally as a team and win. And they lost three or four games and more importantly, they couldn't win any of the three extra innings games that they went into. Again, this team is what it is. And I've tried to temper expectations the whole way because I'm telling you, we're watching it unfold in front of us. I mean Sometimes you got to kind of put the fandom aside and just look at what you're seeing on the field. And I'm sorry, it's not a playoff team. It's just not. And one thing you see with teams that aren't, you know, playoff caliber is they struggle with consistency. And it's not necessarily, um, you know, overall consistency as a team as far as everyone's down at the same time, everyone's up at the same time. Consistency in baseball, it really relies on individual players and their performances. And baseball is a streaky sport. You know, you compare it to basketball. If a guy's gonna average twenty points and ten rebounds a game, generally speaking, every game he goes out, he's gonna give you close to that level of production. Baseball is completely different. A guy one week is gonna be a six hundred hitter, then the next week he's gonna be a one hundred hitter. And when you put it all together, you get a guy who's hitting around 300 or whatever it is, right? Like, it's never that simple. And so, the great players are consistent. You know, we saw Jacob deGrom last year when he won his Cy Young. Just complete consistency. Every start he went out, he was excellent. Okay? You're seeing, you know, Jeff McNeil right now on his path to a batting title. Every single game, it seems like he is impacting the Mets positively towards winning. And Pete Alonso, even in his little slumps, you can kind of say the same thing. But what you also see is a player like, you know, Michael Conforto, who can be consistent, but also can go through his stretches of ups and downs. And the problem with this team as a whole, and the reason why they're sitting here nine games under five hundred, is units will have great weeks, but it's never at the same time. So you have a bullpen in June that was absolutely terrible and even though the Mets lineup was playing well and was scoring runs and putting themselves in a position to win games late, the bullpen was going through a terrible stretch and they couldn't win anything. Now since the All-Star break, we're seeing the bullpen have an uptick in performance. They're starting to get a little bit more reliable out there. We're seeing guys like Justin Wilson, you know, really make an impact, you know, Seth Lugo's refound his form. And when Diaz has looked somewhat decent his last couple times out, and you put all that together and it's great, but now the lineup can't score, and in three extra inning games fails to get enough runs across to come out with a win. So with all that being said, let's start to talk about the individual games. Now Friday night, it was Jacob deGrom on the mound for the Mets, and he gave you everything you could have asked for. And Jacob DeGrom is really almost starting to pitch himself back into a Cy Young conversation. Now, I don't think he would get that again this year. He would have to do what he's been doing in the last three, four starts the rest of the way through, which we could see him do. But there's other guys pitching for more competitive teams that probably have an edge on him. But he's back to that form. You know, At the end of the year, he could find himself with some Cy Young votes. He's striking out a ton of batters and he's limiting runs. And in this start... He struck out 10, gave up three hits, did walk three, but did not allow a single run. So he was excellent. Luis Avalon gave them an excellent inning of relief. Jacob Raine was good in his first inning of relief. And so that was nine innings of scoreless baseball from the Mets pitching staff. The problem is the lineup combined for three total hits. They struck out nine times. They only drew one walk. And they just couldn't get anything going. And so in the 10th inning, everything was still knotted at zero. We had a situation here where the Mets end up losing the game on an error by Dominic Smith. And so basically, Jacob Rehm walked the first batter of the inning. He then struck out the next two. And then he got what should have ended the inning with a a flyout, right? Ball that was kind of in between shortstop and left field. Definitely Dominic Smith's ball. Ahmed Rosario was running back on it. Uh, Smith, inexperienced in the outfield. Heard footsteps and kind of screwed up. The ball drops at his feet. Uh, He tries to make a play, throwing it in. And I'm not going to give him any uh, grief for his relay throw, but it was a horrible run relay by uh, Todd Frazier and Wilson Ramos as Frazier cut it off. I think Ramos was going out to try to cut it off. They would have had... Alex Dickerson gunned out at the plate. I mean, he was running from first base with two outs. He was running the full way on the pop out, but I mean, they could have gunned him out. It, It, the throw really should have beat him. Unfortunately, miscommunication, ball sails to the backstop. There's your ball game. Giants win their second straight game. Now on Saturday, the Mets really came to life hitting. It was the one complete performance they had in this series. So, We'll get into that in a little bit. All right, you are back listening to Locked On Mets, and let's get into Saturday's game. So Walker Lockett was on the mound for the Mets, and he was pitching a spot start in place of Zach Wheeler. And to touch on Wheeler really quick, he did throw a bullpen. um, I believe it was on Sunday. Uh, They said that he could be back for that series against the Padres. It's looking more and more like he's only going to get one start before the trade deadline. If they potentially got him in at the beginning of that Padres series, maybe he can make two. But, you know, I think at this point, if I'm the Mets, I'm just going to make sure that the last start that Zach Wheeler makes, he is in the best position to succeed. Because that is going to be the final audition before the trade deadline. So, you know, we got to figure out there what they're going to do. That's something we're going to be talking about throughout the week leading up to the trade deadline. Anyway, back to Saturday's game. Again, Lockett was on the mound, and he pitched really well. Definitely, I think, his best performance um, of the season. Goes five innings, uh, allows five hits, only one run, strikes out three, doesn't walk a batter, which is really important for Lockett because he pitches to contact. He's a ground ball pitcher, but... Again, I'm watching him pitch now, and I really think Lockett could be a potential majorly caliber starting pitcher. I don't know how great he's going to be. He's definitely going to be a back-end type guy, but talked about Jason Vargas and this idea that at the trade deadline, he was someone that you might hold on to because he's really not blocking anyone in the organizational depth chart when it comes to starting pitching. And, again, I do stand by that. But I also think that in a season that's pretty much over, I don't think it would hurt if the Mets got Walker Lockett 10 starts down the stretch here just to see what you have because you need to build out your depth when it comes to the starting rotation. You can't just go into a season with five starting pitchers like the Mets have this year and expect it all to work out. I mean, really... I think if you think about the way the Mets have handled their injuries this year, starting pitching has been relatively healthy. So I think that you can't count on that type of health in the future. And I think that you know their lack of starting pitching depth hasn't really reared its ugly head too much this year. And so again, developing a guy like a Walker Lockett is something the Mets should, you know, make a priority maybe in the second half here. If he continues to pitch well, so I'd say it was a nice performance out of him. I still don't think he's a guy. I, they got him out of there at the end of the fifth inning for a reason. You know what I mean? Like he's still not necessarily the type of guy who can go through a lineup three times to get you deep into a game. But he's an asset that's maybe worth you know putting some time and development in. And for Lockett, he ends up getting a win because the Mets gave him plenty of run support starting in the second inning as Dominic Smith made up for his error the night before and hit a home run and it was a big night altogether for Dom as he went three for five with four RBIs so big day out of him in the fourth inning he got another RBI when Todd Frazier tripled and he got a base hit to score him in the fifth inning Jeff McNeil hit a two-run homer off the foul pole. That gave the Mets a 4-0 lead. And then in the 6th inning, they completely blew this thing open. Todd Frazier got the scoring going in that 6th inning by hitting his 13th homer of the year. Then with two outs, the Mets started a little rally. J.D. Davis got a base hit. Ahmed Rosario got a base hit. The two of them were great this past week. Each of them went 10-for-25 over this past week, so they're both hitting really well. Anyway, they're both on base, and Pete Alonzo, who got a day off for rest, or as he said after the game, mental health, he ends up coming in as a pinch hitter and delivers a three-run homer to give the Mets an 8-1 to lead. That was Alonso's 33rd home run of the year. So at that point, they pretty much cruised. In the ninth inning, the Mets would score three more runs, uh, Jeff McNeil got a base hit after a pair of flyouts from Conforto and the Robinson Cano came up and he got a hit putting runners at first and second then Todd Frazier drew a walk to load the bases Dominic Smith was due up next he laces a single that scores two more runs J.D. Davis comes up and he got a hit and that scored another giving the Mets their 11 runs on the day. In the ninth inning, Steven Nogasek ended up giving up 3 runs as he continues to struggle to adjust to the major league level. Um, Yeah, I mean, Nogasek was pitching great in the minor leagues this year, but he just has not fared well against big league hitting. So that's someone who we were really high on early on in the year, and now I don't know too much about. So we'll see what happens with him in the future. Steven Matz pitched for the Mets, and he was... Really solid, okay? He allowed six hits. He walked one, struck out six, allowed just two earned runs. Um, Unfortunately, that was too much. And, you know, the Mets jumped out to an early lead in the second inning as both Michael Conforto and Ahmed Rosario homered. For Conforto, it was his 18th of the year. For Rosario, it was his 11th. But that was it for the Mets offense the rest of the day. I mean... Only got five hits. Continued to struggle. And for Mats, I don't want to criticize him. Because, again, he pitched well. But in a day like this, unfortunately, giving up two runs was too much. And so, you know, he gave up a run in the bottom of that second inning. And then in the fourth inning, staked to a one-run lead. He gave up a pair of doubles. And that tied the game. So, once again, the lineup. Drops the ball. And so, after not scoring, the Mets continued to get good pitching out of their bullpen. Justin Wilson gave him an inning. Seth Lugo gave him two good innings. Edwin Diaz gave him a good inning, maybe one of his better appearances as of late, striking out two batters. Jerry's Familia was terrible. Um, Comes in, walks the first two guys he's fa- he faces. They got him out of there. They brought Robert Gazelman in. The Zellman originally does a great job, gets a double play ball, gets out of the inning. Then in the 12th inning, though, he gives up a home run, and that ends the game. So the Giants end up taking the series three of the four games, and the Mets lost all of them in walk-off fashion in extra innings. So that's a good recap of what happened this weekend. Tomorrow the Mets will be off, so I can do a lot more analysis talking about where this team stands and what else we're looking for going into the deadline. One thing I do want to start to think about is I kind of want the Mets to trade Noah Syndergaard. So that's something to leave you with, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Mets. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Mets.